Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This takes place in a fairly large city roughly eight or so years ago. I'm female, and at the time I was in my mid-twenties. So there used to be a gay bar that did these goth nights every Saturday night, and I would head out there fairly often with my friends. This night, there was a group of about five of us that went together, plus we always ran into more people that we knew once we got there too. At some point, I left my friends on the dance floor and went up to the bar to get another drink. It was pretty crowded, so the only place I could squeeze into was next to some guy on a bar stool at the very end of the counter. I ordered my drink and he looked over and said hello and he had a pretty interesting accent so I asked him where it was from. He replied that he was originally from Ethiopia and we made small talk as I was waiting for my drink and I commented that I had a neighbour as a child that was from Ethiopia as well. The exact details of the conversation are a, a bit hazy. It was years ago after all and to be fair I wasn't paying super close attention at the time. And so, I'm not sure how the conversation went in this direction, but I do remember his words snapping my brain's focus back onto him. He said, I killed people there. (laughs) Well, uh, I awkwardly chuckled thinking that maybe this was some sort of weird drunk guy thinking that he would just say weird creepy things to a goth girl at the bar to make small talk or something. I mean, maybe it was just a really bad attempt at flirting. My drink arrived and I remember stirring it and trying to ease my way out of the conversation, but I was still waiting for my change. You used to kill people? He shook his head and replied casually, no, I still do. Well, my change could not arrive fast enough at this point. I tried another awkward laugh and made some snarky comment about how I was fat and if he tried to kill me I'd fight back and sit on him or something. I don't know, I mean, I had no idea what to say in this situation if I'm being honest. Again, casually, without any emotion in his face, he replied, there's no trying, if I decide to kill someone, I kill them. 
my change finally arrived and I took my drink, which I had not let leave my hand or line of sight for any instant, excused myself and headed back over to my friends on the dance floor. I watched as he turned on his stool so that he could keep an eye on me and he just sat there, sipping on his drink, never looking away too. But finally, at some point, I saw him put down his empty glass and move out from the front door. I sighed in relief and continued on to enjoy my night. Several hours later, the goth night was ending and the next theme, DJ, was taking over. My friends and I were saying our goodbyes and I started to walk to the front door and I turned around to see the friend that had given me a ride was stuck in conversation with another acquaintance, so I just waited near the door, just inside the building. And that was when he grabbed me. The guy from the bar dragged me farther into a dark corner out of line at the exit. I was in shock and couldn't make a sound at first as he pinned me to the wall, face pressed against it, and he twisted one of my arms behind my back. It seemed like an eternity that he held me there, pushing himself up firmly behind me, almost like he was trying to hide me in even more shadows. But mind you, there were no lights near us and no reason for anyone to walk by this corner too. Even if I yelled, I wasn't sure if anyone was going to hear me since the DJ had started up again. Somehow I, I managed to shove myself against him once my fight instincts kicked in that was and in his shock his grip loosened just a bit and the angle he held me at relaxed and I managed to shove my fist against his balls. I have no idea to this day how I actually bent myself around in just the right way but he doubled over and I took my cue and ran. I grabbed my friend out of a conversation and just breathlessly gave a cliff notes version of what happened as I dragged it to the back emergency exit. Before I could escape, I was stopped by security and he told me that I couldn't go that way and had to leave through the front door of the bar. I tried to explain to him that there was this guy up there that had tried to attack me but he wouldn't listen or just tuned it out or thought that I was some drunk girl or something. Thankfully, my friend and I managed to get the attention of a few other people that we knew and we headed out the front as a group. I didn't see the guy anywhere but I was terrified of getting through the dark parking lot to the car. I just knew that he could be out there hiding somewhere. My friend and I, we ran as fast as we could and dove into the car and she pulled out of the parking space before I could even get my seatbelt on. And the creeper dude, he was nowhere to be seen. I checked the news the next day to see if there had been any other attacks or, God forbid, murders in the area, but there was nothing. I don't really remember much of his features or what he was wearing or how he sounded, but... I'll never forget the emotionless and blank matter-of-fact way that he just stated that he would kill people, and the way his dark eyes just stared at me like, like I was prey. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. When I was seven or eight, my family went to the beach and we rented a room there. 
We had the kind of rooms where you kind of rent out both and they connect through a door and whatnot. And there's the doors to leave the room and the doors to the other room and in the room connected to ours, there was this army family, a, a military dad and some kids and a wife. My older sister was supposed to be watching me as we were down at the jacuzzi during the evening and whatnot. As we were playing and hanging out and just having a pretty good time, I didn't get out much, was naive and all around just a little kid. We were both white skinned, blue eyes and blonde hair too. This mum literally sits in the jacuzzi with us. She starts talking to us and is just making herself real comfortable. I was very naive as a kid too and eventually we started talking books and she was talking about her kids who we never saw mind you and we're just having a good conversation. Really in depth I felt like. My sister decides that she wants to go back to the room, but I don't and I wanted to stay and talk with the mum, so my sister goes back to the room and now it's just me, 7 year old and some 40 year old woman. It should have set off some creepy alarms, but for some reason it, uh, it just didn't. And then she starts talking about going and walking on the beach. It's like 10pm and she wants to go walk on the beach and get some shells and I thought it was a great idea. I'd get to walk on the beach at night. I felt so free and like a big kid. I didn't need my sister or anything, so I run back to the room to tell my grandparents that I'm walking to the beach with Sue or whatever her name was, and I remember my grandmother reading her book barely listening to what I said, and she just kind of shook me off. It's probably important to know, too, that I didn't live with my parents. So I start walking down the creepy motel corridor... Really, it was a, a dark dim stairwell at a cheap motel on the beach, and I'm going through the stairwell like something out of a movie, and the mum's way at the bottom telling me to hurry up and this and that, and while walking through the stairs, army dad comes running, hauling ass to where I'm at, and he told me, your mum is calling you, it's really important that we gotta go. And he basically grabbed me by my waist, softly, not aggressively, and led me back to our room. He knocked on the door and explained what had happened and I never thought much of it until about um, a year ago when it came back to me. I mean, this woman, she was leading me away to a beach alone at night and this army guy got a terrible feeling in his gut and so he intervened. When he said that my mum was looking for me too as I didn't live with my mum, it kind of set off some alarm bells in my head and that's when I realised that something was definitely up. So I, I didn't resist going back to my family. As a kid, I, I knew since he was saying my mum wanted me that it was important. I just knew that something was up because I don't live with my mum. I'm now 20 years old and I truly believe that that mum was trying to lure me away to do God knows what. And this army dude had a bad feeling and probably saved my life that day. Thinking back on it, I... I get such a bad feeling all throughout my body. I know now that the chances of me making it back from the beach trip, they were slim to none. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So before I get to the story, I have to share some important information for this tape. For any history fanatics out there, I live in a really old fishing town in East England notorious for being haunted. And nearly every alley has a story and a popular place for ghost hunters. Also, this was about three years ago and I was working in a big retail store in the UK. I was a night shelf stacker basically. Deliveries would usually come in at about 8pm and I'd work until usually 2am just putting it away, logging on the system and blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, some nights the deliveries would just turn up later and I would have to work later. It was good money and I had no priorities whatsoever. The night this happened, the delivery turned up at about 10pm. This was a ball ache for a lot of us since we knew that we would be leaving later than usual, but the general consensus was again, good money, so whatever. And so we didn't end up finishing up until about 3.30 or 4am I think it was, sometime around there anyway. So... I usually biked home, so it was no trouble, and I finished up with the other guys, and I had a cigarette as the various people left in cars and their own bikes, which was usually the case anyway. I then proceeded to hop onto my bike and start the journey home. I got maybe 20 feet before I realized that my tire was bloody flat. And great, I thought. What should have been a 10-minute bike ride would now turn into 30 minutes walking in pitch-black streets. The streetlights turn off at midnight here except from the main roads. So off I went, walking with my bike, and the first 20 minutes of the journey went pretty fine. Then I, I just started to feel strange. It was rare that I would feel so superstitious, but something just sat wrong all of a sudden. I was walking on a main road, lights on too, that went past the town's college. It was two empty medium-sized car parks outside and a large bike shed that always had a light on inside for some reason. My home was literally around the corner from the college, so I tried to shrug off the feeling as I was almost home anyway, but there was definitely some more checks over the shoulder if you can catch my drift. I strolled past, bike in hand, when I heard something weird. Whistling. It was slow and it made the hairs on the back of my neck stand too. I came to a realization after my friend showed me the Reddit comment called The Whistler that it was the exact whistle in the video that he uploaded, so this just makes it even weirder for me now. Anyway, I, I immediately spun my head towards the source and it was the bike shed. And what I saw was a, a girl. She must have been teenagerish too. Her head was poking up from a wall next to the bike shed about a uh, hundred feet from me. Her hair was dark because she was silhouetted by the light of the bike shelter and her eyes were dark too. As soon as I saw her, she darted down as if hiding. Bear in mind, I had seen no one else this night. 
and not many people wander around at 4am in the winter in a small town, I guess. I felt creeped out, though, immediately, and started to walk a lot faster with my bike towards home. As I kept peering back and walking, I saw her pop her head up once more and dart back. As I got out of view of the college, I turned into my pitch black road. There was a single lit street lamp that could be seen behind me on the main street, and then I saw something even weirder. It looked like a, an older man, maybe in his 50s or 60s, standing slightly to the side of the street lamp as if he was trying to stay out of sight. He was standing with something in between both of his hands, like a, a piece of string or wire or something. And as he was turning it in his palms while smiling at me, he didn't move at all and just stood there. I couldn't take the weirdness anymore and I just broke off into a sprint with my bike and I ran down my alley that led into my back gate. And my heart was racing as I bolted the gate behind me too and I just sat for a moment and listened for any sound of being followed. For a good two minutes it was silent and the air was weirdly still for a winter night and then... Then I heard that whistling again. It sounded like it was at the bottom of my alleyway too, and I lived about halfway up the road, so it was quite a ways away. I just slowly walked to my back door with as little noise as possible, just in case whoever it was was listening out for which house I'd gone into, and I just tried to be extra cautious, I guess. I have no idea what these two people were doing out at this time, and my brain was racked of all sorts of possibilities when I think of it. Was she hiding from that man? I mean, she looked about early teens maybe, or did they know each other? I don't know, but I just can't help feeling that I was caught in the middle of something out there. Something that was not good. I'm a 24-year-old female that moved from Orlando to Florida to 18 miles just outside of Valdosta, Georgia. Pretty much middle of nowhere, mind you, to my family farm. I've never had any issues in Orlando, but I got divorced and had to move in with my mum. It was my two small boys and I too. Anyways, we moved into one of the old farmhouses on my family's farm and it needed a lot of work. It was eight bedrooms and a mother-in-law suite. When we moved in, we only had two rooms, cleaned up, and worked on the rest of the house over the course of nine months. The man across the street, Jay, was very helpful too. From day one, he would come almost every day as he was feeding up his animals and help with anything that I needed. Over the course of nine months, I never had any issues and thought that he was just a friendly middle-aged man. I never felt that he had any ill intentions, and the farmhouse was in a, a U-shape. The room that I had chose had windows in the courtyard area and this was the middle of the house and Jay had fenced in that area when I first moved in so I could let the boys play. The farmhouse was in the middle of the farm and set off the road so I never had any worries of being watched and mostly as my bedroom windows are in a fenced area in the middle of the house so I didn't put curtains on my bedroom or bathroom. But one day my son was playing under the carport and Jay pulled up in his truck. He was going to take a look at my car for me. Jay didn't make it to the carport before my eldest son says to me that, hey, I, I saw him in my window last night. Later that night, I talked to my son about this and he told me that he did see him out of a window. I asked him if it was the kitchen window because you can see his horse pasture and he stops to feed them every morning and night. 
chalking it up to that, I didn't think much else about it, but other things began to happen too. I guess you could say that I wanted him to be the person that I thought he was, so I just kind of overlooked a lot. But a couple of strange things began to happen, like my favorite candy just somehow appeared in my fridge one day after school. My mum told me that she remembered me telling Jay that it was my favorite too. Someone sent me flowers every Friday for a couple of months, and I thought it was my ex or possibly my boyfriend at the time, but neither man would admit to it. My boyfriend jokingly told me that it must have been Jay too. The next day, I came home from school and my mum had the boys playing under the carport and Jay was working on my car. My air suspension had a leak and Jay offered to take a look at it before I took it all the way to Tallahassee for the expensive repair. I got out of my mum's car and he asked me if I wanted to see the leak that he'd found. As I bent down over the hood, Jay stepped back at this point and when I turned around I commented jokingly on his 90s era cell phone. He uh, had it in his hand for some reason and it's the type that you just don't see anymore. Like a, a very early camera flip phone if you catch my drift. But later that night we came inside and my mum told me that she could have sworn that Jay had taken a picture of me on his phone. I know it sounds crazy, but I, uh, I just didn't believe her. This man was seriously always friendly, and never any weird vibes from him whatsoever. If I offered to pay him to, it was rare that he would ever accept any money. I should have known that people just aren't like that these days, but I guess I was just pretty naive at the time. Anyway, uh, a couple of weeks later I was out mowing my courtyard and it was growing up pretty bad and as I got close to my window my heart literally sank into my butt. I had a newly placed center block outside both my windows and my bathroom window. I can't tell you how I knew but I knew at that point that I had made a huge mistake and everyone was just right about Jay. I called my friend and neighbor Josh to come and look at the center blocks and he ran home and got a deer cam attaching it to a tree outside my window. This was at about 3pm um, in the afternoon I think. That night too I came home around 6 and was unloading the boys when I turned around and Jay was standing there. And he said, hey didn't mean to scare you, I heard your mama was out of town. I said yes sir and I knew that he knew because they're friends on Facebook and whatnot, and he told me to call him if I got scared or needed anything. I got the boys inside and we got snuggled into bed and they fell asleep in my bed when I realized that I had missed Sunday's episode of Game of Thrones. It was a good one too. The dragon died. So I went to my mum's bed to watch. I was laying there just talking to my ex-husband about the boys and the show when Josh called. I clicked over and... He asked if my boyfriend was over and I told him no. This is at 9.02pm mind you and he told me that there was a man outside of my window. The deer cam apparently snapped the first picture at 9.02pm. My boys are in my room sleeping and Josh told me not to worry and that he was already coming up the driveway and to meet him outside, the other side of the house. The fear and dread just literally ran straight through me though. I slowly walked into my room and calmly scooped up my boys and I shut that door and just sprinted through the house as fast as I could. We sat in Josh's truck until the police arrived and the deer cam snapped photos at 9.02, 9.22 and 9.30. Which means that 
he apparently just stood outside of my window that long, waiting for me to come back out. The police walked back into the field and could see where he was parking, but he was already gone by this point. Behind the house is a, a massive produce field, and it was a tractor road for tractor access and whatnot. I showed the police the photos and ID'd Jay, and he was arrested at 2am that morning, and when they went through his phone, there were nine months worth of pictures. There were pictures of me mowing, pictures of me playing with my kids, pictures of me playing in my bathroom, sleeping, bending over the hood of my car. He was just watching me all the time. I couldn't and didn't sleep for weeks after that, and he ended up getting out of jail the following weekend and came into my mum's post office, she's a male lady, to tell her that he found my dog dead and he buried it for me. And even after all of that, he only received five years probation and a restraining order. And he uh, still lives right across the street. I stayed for maybe three months and after that I, I just got the hell out of there. This night occurred about seven years ago on my way home from my parents. I was 22, young, naive, and, well, uh, dumb. I just moved into my first apartment, too. I was the first of my family to move away from our sleepy old train town that I grew up in. So I went home every Sunday to visit with the family, but mostly to just do laundry and eat Sunday dinner and whatnot. I lived about 45 to 60 minutes up the highway, too, so I generally headed home by six. On this night in particular, there was a, a summer thunderstorm that had been pouring down rain relentlessly all day long. My cousins dropped in just as I was packing up to leave after dinner, so I ended up sticking around for a few more hours to visit. I left my mum's around 10pm in the pouring rain, and this was the first time after moving from home that I encountered something that truly scared me. I don't know why I never told anyone about this, I, I think it had to be pride or something. I mean, everyone would always give me trouble about living alone as a single female in a newish area. Anyway, this is what happened. So, I left my parents around 10pm in the pouring rain. I'm driving down the service road that leads out of town and eventually turns into the on-ramp to the highway. As you're leaving town, the service road turns into one lane right in front of this quarry train loading station thing. I'm not really clear on what that place is, but it always gave me the creeps. If you're unfortunate enough to pass through when a train is crossing the road to load, you'll be stuck there for a while too. Once the road passes the tracks, it turns back into two lanes and goes up to a steep hill. As I'm approaching the quarry, I can make out these orange lights on a red cab 18-wheeler just sitting in the quarry parking lot. Mind you, it's pouring rain and visibility is low, so I can't make out the trucker until I'm pretty close to him. As soon as I could make out that it was a trucker, it pulled out onto the road. I had to slam on my brakes to avoid hitting the trailer on the back of the truck too, and I skid around on the road until I regained control of the car. Thanks for the driving air classes, mum. So, now I'm stuck behind this dummy that just pulled out without paying attention, I assume anyway. I keep my distance behind him because I'm a little flustered. But for the record too, my headlights were on, so if he had been paying attention, he should have been able to see me. But honestly, with the heavy rain and the low visibility, who knows, I guess. So, 
I'm behind this guy and we cross the tracks and begin to climb this steep hill. Despite it turning into two lanes on the hill, he's driving right up the middle of the two lanes. I figured he didn't realize that it was two lanes, so I just kind of putter along behind him, keeping my distance. As soon as he reaches the peak of the hill and the road begins to level out, he moves over to the right lane and I can finally go. So I move over and begin to pass him and as soon as I get past the front of the truck, he swerves behind me quite abruptly too and begins flashing his high beams at me. Usually when someone flashes their lights behind you, in our area or anyway, that means turn on your lights but mine were already on and I checked as soon as he started flashing at me. Weirded out, I put my blinker on and safely changed lanes to get out of his way. But he follows my lane change and begins laying on his horn. The honking startled me, if I'm being honest, and I began to get a lot more flustered. I mean, what the hell did this guy want? I moved out of his way and my headlights are on and I was polite the whole time and didn't get in his way, so why didn't I just speed up and zip away, you may be asking? Well... I grew up in this area and it had been raining heavily all day long and I know that the service road floods a little in the heavy rain, both on the shoulders and in random spots in the middle of the lanes. It's a small western town and our roads are pretty bad. I had already skidded and nearly wrecked once and I wasn't about to floor it on this bumpy service road that floods and risk wrecking again. There is nothing between the quarry and the highway too, just about four or five miles of wooded area and if I wrecked, it would have just been him and me. So, this went on for the next four to five miles to the highway. He began tailgating me too in addition to the high beams and honking. But once the tailgating began, I was in tears and I didn't know what the hell this guy wanted from me and I'm just trying to stay out of his way and get home safely. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. I changed lanes two more times, making three total, and he followed me from lane to lane. As we approached the highway, I floored it, and he couldn't accelerate quickly enough to keep up, and I finally lost him. As soon as I realized that I had lost him and I was safe on the highway, I, I just lost it. I was a, a hysterical wreck, and there's only one exit after getting on the highway to stop in the small town the highway runs through, and... After that, it's just all wooded for a good 30 minutes. I thought about getting off at that exit just to calm down and pull it together, but I just wanted to go home, so I sped right past it. I should have stopped, though. Once the city was no longer visible in my rearview mirror, I was much more calm, and I managed to scramble my cell out of my purse and put it in my lap just in case. The rain led up to a drizzle the further I went, too, and I was still pretty on edge. There were many other cars on the highway and majority of them were just truckers. I'm cruising along in the center lane when the truck next to me in the passing lane begins blaring the horn and moves into my lane forcing me over to the third lane. He continued moving over though nearly forcing me off the highway and I sped up just in time and changed lanes right in front of him so that I'm back in the center lane. I slow down so that I'm in line with the front cab and I double click the button on my phone, a camera shortcut and roll down my window. I start taking pictures of the cabbie and I think the flashes made him realize what I was doing and he began slowing down until he was behind me again. I got a lot of pictures mind you and I sped up and lost sight of him behind me. I was satisfied that I managed to get pics of him but I was just so angry at this point that 
I pulled over onto the shoulder of the highway to wait for him. I just wanted to get behind him so that I could get a pic of the license plate and report this guy. But sadly, he was on to me, for sure. Because I noticed headlights behind me, a long ways back, but behind me nonetheless. It was on the shoulder of the highway, and I sat there and waited, keeping an eye on the truckers passing by me just to be sure that I didn't miss him. But then... I noticed a shadow pass through the headlights of the truck, which, to be honest, spooked me quite a bit. I mean, did he just get out of the cab? Well, I didn't stick around to find out at this point. I took off and I got home as quickly as possible. The pictures were, unfortunately, a total failure. It was still drizzling and a flash combined with the drizzle just resulted in washing out of the pictures. I could see the red cab, but... No matter what filters I used, there was no making out exactly what the cab said. Which means that there was nothing that I could really bring to the police to catch this guy. Which also means that this guy, he's still out there. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.